the reason why they released me is because indirectly I was going to be a distraction. Without it, being the starter. Without being a starter. Yeah. And this was but not how? Come, Verbally or in the locker room? Just my aura. Okay. Just my aura. I don't think the game's over. Welcome into Triple Zeros. This is the Anti Hot Take Sports Show. I am your host, Josh Buckhalter. Hit me up on Twitter at Josh Buck. Hit up the Facebook page, Clocker Sports, website, clockersports.com, email address, clockersports at gmail.com. And of course, you can always follow the show uh, at Three Zeros Pod on Facebook and Twitter. That's at Three Zeros Pod, the number three zeros and pod. And of course, like I said, this is Triple Zeros, the Anti Hot Take Sports Show, because the game is not over until the clock strikes Triple Zeros. That voice that you heard was number one, Cam Newton. Um, one of my favorite players talking about his uh, recent release from the New England Patriots and how that all went down in a very lengthy and in-depth interview with his father, Cecil, uh, at his high school fo- uh, football field on YouTube, on his YouTube channel. Uh, very unfiltered, very open, very honest. Uh, maybe maybe some some self-aggrandizing. I think that's the right term I'm looking for here. But uh, nothing nothing harmful, nothing arrogant about it. Kind of just, you know, you, we all have our own story. And, I, and the way I think I've, I've, the best way I think I've ever heard it put to, to me is uh, no one's ever the villain in their own story. And so um, regardless of what you think about Cam, we know how, you know, you can pretty much just bet that this was not Cam saying, you know, man, I did everything. So it wasn't that. I don't think he was necessarily shucking blame. He was, he definitely uh, understood as part of the business. Now, We'll get into all that in a second, um, but there's a lot of stuff that we got to talk about in the NFL before we even get to Cam Newton. So before we get you know any further, <laughs> NFL return to action on Thursday night with the Dallas Cowboys taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, defending champ Tampa Bay Buccaneers, by the way. And for to be honest, I got I got to be honest with you, the, the Cowboys were a lot more prepared for this game than I thought they would be. Now, granted, uh, Dallas, I'm sorry, Tampa lost. A couple of defensive backs, if not uh, a safety and a corner in this game. I know that uh, I want to say Sean Murphy Bunting. I believe that's the one that got it, that got his arm just kind of smashed in between the opposing player and his own teammate Antoine Winfield uh, Jr., who came in flying the blow up the play and just destroyed Murphy Bunting's arm. It was it was bad, not a good look. Um, and then they lost a the safety as well. Now, the other thing about this game, though, is Dallas's defense for all of the the and I'm gonna come back to Tampa in a second, but I gotta talk about Dallas's defense because they've they've invested a lot of money in that side of the ball over the past few years, and the results just aren't there. And I know we say, okay, it's the first, you know, game of the season. Um, a lot's gonna change, a lot's gonna be different as they get, you know, settled in and all this though, you know, all the typical things that you say after week one. But for years, it's been this way. And the, the primary culprit, the, the poster boy for this would be Demarcus Lawrence. Now, I'm a person who has witnessed uh, a defensive player get paid and suddenly kind of disappear in the, in the, at least in the phase that got them paid, right? The one way that got them that you think of when you think of a guy like Demarcus Lawrence, sacks. He hasn't been there, hasn't been getting to the quarterback like he was. Injuries played a part. Um, a lack of a, of a, uh, a threat opposite him played a part. 
And real quick, if I could just say, if the 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 threat opposite you matters that much, then you probably aren't as dominant as we all thought. Now, that's just an aside. Uh, but Dallas's defense has got a lot of investments on that side of the ball for it to still be as porous as it is. Granted, like I said, they put up a lot of points on this Tampa Bay uh, defense as well, but that's because Tampa Bay was, you know, I, I, they lost guys. I know they lost guys during the game, so they would. Dallas was doing it before. But let's also not forget, Dallas was a good offense before Dak Prescott went down. That is what the focus needs to be on, is how well he, how good he looked. And I thought it was funny. Literally after one draft, you had people talking about um, Dak's arm looks subpar. Like, he he threw, like, two pads. It was – I know it's overreaction. That's how you do it. That's what happens. And my picks, I'm going to do my picks later on in the episode. That's going to be my overreaction is just, you know, that's how you do it. I'm going to overreact – I'm sorry, next week to the picks that I make this week. That's how it goes. But to say that after one drive, after we know he didn't play in the preseason and all that stuff, he didn't practice much and all this, that, and the third, and you still question it after one drive, like you didn't even get a man a quarter. You go like, really? Okay, all right, that's fine. Um, they said he short armed a couple of passes to C D Lamb. C D Lamb had a couple of issues with drops as well. Um, you could say it's a passing he was passing with the short arm stuff, but I I whatever. I at the same time C D could have caught at least one of the two that he dropped in the early going. Now that being said, there are so many weapons on this Dallas offense that the defense is going to get a pass more often than not. The blame is going to always be on the high-paid quarterback. That got paid this offseason, so we know that that's always going to be where the blame goes. But this defense, man, has got to step up. And, of course, you know, it's the, it's the, they, were, they were going up against the GOAT, you know, and Brady. Um, but that's no excuse for them to get as obliterated as, as they were from the beginning. Poor tackling. Um, and and really just what we've seen from them in the past few years, just, again, very much belying the amount of talent and the investments that they've made on that side of the ball. So very disappointing from them. But back to Tampa real quick before I move on from this game because we've got a lot of other stuff to t- cover and not a lot of time to do it in. Um, Antonio Brown in this Tampa offense, and I'm sure, I'm sure it was said last year when he first got there, but you can see how much smoother – how much better the connection is with Brady this year already in one game, my overreaction, like I said, uh, but he really is going to be like Julian Edelman with some more athleticism. And the, the guy who's going to suffer more often than not, is probably going to be Mike Evans because Mike Evans is the guy who's got to draw the top corner. You're not covering the top. You're not covering Chris God with, you're just not, you're not going to do here's the, here's, let me rephrase that. You're not putting the top corner on Chris Godwin with Mike Evans over there on the boundary. You're just not going to do that. So that being the case there, you're going to see a lot of passes go to Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown. But what Antonio Brown does, and I'm not knocking Chris Godwin. This is not to slight what he does with it. But Antonio Brown, we know what his peak was. And watching him in this game, just the way he was moving He's still not really there all the way with the connection with Brady in terms of, you know, the mind meld that, that Edelman had, which maybe that may, might make the difference ultimately. But you could just see that he still got it. Like, it's not gone. And his 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 on-field demeanor, right, and on the sidelines, just the way he was carrying himself, looked like a guy who felt like he was close to being back to that dude, Mr. Big Chest as it was. So 
I, that that's what those are my two big observations. Dak looks really good. I mean, I'm not gonna worry about Zeke right now, but I'll tell you right now that lateral the the tight end missed the block on that play at the goal line. Tight end missed the block, so it spread Zeke out wide. Now I'm not gonna say he shouldn't have trucked him, but I will say that I think he was trying to go on some finesse stuff, and they just threw him off that he would have to truck dude, and that's why he got tackled, tackled, tackled and taken down um, short of the yard to gain. So just want to put that out there, but my focus was Dak because Dak looked good despite people trying to question him after one damn drive. And then on the other side, Antonio Brown is Julian Edelman with athleticism. And I think he's in for, I tweeted this out again, follow me on Twitter at Josh e. Buck. I think he's going to have a really big year. I just, I think he's going to be the most consistent of the Bucks receivers. Um, Mike Evans can be taken out of games. We've seen that with Marshawn Lattimore and the saints uh, against Marshawn Lattimore and the saints rather. And Chris Godwin time to time has problems with drops. Antonio Brown is not that dude. That's not what he's not going to be taken out away from your. You just not going to do it because they're going to hide him first and foremost. They can move him around the formation. But on top of that, he's also going to be the most sure handed receiver that you have. So I really just think that him and Gronk are going to have a mind. And man, listen, let's talk about it. Let's get it out the way. Already had a, 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 a fantasy football letdown, a mess up, whatever you want to call it, a foible. Left Gronk on the bench knowing damn well that Dallas can't stop a, a runny nose, especially at tight end, and, and just just disappointed myself. I just disappointed myself because he went off 29 uh, PPR points, and I just he's just sitting on my bench, and I got Mike Kosicki. And what's worse is that I tried last minute. I said, wait a second. I have Rob Gronkowski. Went to go try and, and uh, swap him out, but it was too close to kickoff, and they 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 locked me out, so. You snooze, you lose. Hopefully, I don't end up losing this week. But that's that. Mm. Already, like, damn, week one, I can't. I can't mm, mm. Now, me being me, it's only one of uh, three fantasy leagues that I'm in, so it really didn't make that big of a difference. You know, I got three, two other chances to try to get it right, but it hurts, man. You don't want to make that mistake in week one. Damn, Rock, mm. I'm hurt. I'm mad. That made, that made me mad at myself. I, I really am disappointed in that one. I should have uh, should have been more prepared. Should have been better. Better prepare for that one. That that game, uh, again, um, 31-29. I don't think I said the score for that game. 31-29 uh, win for the Buccaneers on their banner raising, whatever, celebration, ring ceremony. I'm still in NBA mode, so I'm always confused about how certain things are handled. You might hear that throughout the early weeks of the NFL season, me referring to things in some term, some sort of basketball terminology, because I'm still in NBA mode with the Hawks writing and all that stuff. Um and this seems like a good time to plug it all. Uh, read the stuff. Last run of pro football. PimpinAin'tEasy.com. And, of course, Soaring Down South. And Clock Sports, which I got to get. That's another story. Anyway, ClockSports.com as well. Um, yeah, man. Gropkowski is just the dude who, who we thought he was. Um, came away out of this game. Eight catches, 90 yards. Two touchdowns. And the second one, he was trucking people. Like, I just didn't think he was. I, mm, that's my bad. That's my bad. He had an off season. He's back in shape now. I don't know what made me think he wasn't going to be Gronk again. And so now, rest assured, it won't be happening anymore. But for one week at least, I had to watch and feel salty for for myself. Um, and Tony Brown had five catches, 121 yards, and a touchdown. Chris Godwin, nine for 105. Mike Evans had three for 24. He was held uh, in, in, in jail by Trevon Diggs. But I honestly don't know if it was necessarily him held in jail as much as with so many other options. Why force the ball? Now, granted, at six foot five, you would think that you could force a couple up to him and he'd go get him. But Tom Brady's never been that guy. He's not going to make the the wrong play. So, um, that, that that's what you get. 
the rest of the season outlook, Dallas is going to have to show up that defense. I know this, like I said, week one, we're not overreacting here, though, because we've seen this pattern from them and from head coach Mike McCarthy for years now. That's not surprising. Um, on top of that, the Bucs are, are really good. So, like, if you want to have a chance to win the NFC, you're going to have to be better than that team. Right? I mean, sounds right. Anyway, uh, moving on, because there's, there's a lot of good stuff to get to still. Um, Jamar Chase. Oh, real quick, opening night had the highest rating in five years. Its highest rating in five years, 16% increase over viewership uh, in 2020. So, now, Jamar Chase. Talked about the, the difficulties he's had adjusting to catching the ball in the NFL. Spoke about the white stripes on the ball in college and how they're not there in the NFL. And in the NFL, it's just a brown ball and you got to focus on trying to see basically the uh, the, 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 the laces. Because the laces are white. And in listening to this, not only was I like, ooh, because I was, I was one of those people who was stumping for them taking him, and it just sounds really bad. He also admitted to not doing much in the offseason. Anyway, uh, it was a, a really, really telling and unfortunate uh, uh, interview for him because it just does not sound like a player who was dedicated to his craft uh, unless he was being forced to, and that's just not the kind of guy that NFL teams typically want. But they did their due diligence on him pre-draft process, and despite his struggles uh, in the preseason – we should probably still expect some some good to come from him. Now, they're a deep team, so you might not need him to be good and them to still be okay. They don't strike me as it's going to be good, though. So every bad thing is going to be highlighted, and I think that he might be one of them. He ended the preseason with, like, two catches. It was, like, bad. Anyway, um, I digress because what I want to focus on is that comment about the ball and the white stripes. And while a lot of people are talking about how it's, you know, lazy and whatever, I just can't help but... Remember Roy Williams, former Texas, Detroit Lions, Dallas Cowboys, Chicago Bear wide receiver, Roy Williams. I think I'm missing another team in there. Uh, talking about he looked up and this Brick Brown thing was coming at him. And it was the football. <laughs> and I were just just I remember hearing that live or whatever, the, the replay of the, of the interview, whatever it was, the soundbite, and just being stuck. Cause like, damn. And this was he wasn't a rookie at this point. Like, he had been in the league for some time. And to say he looked up and saw this big brown thing coming right at him. As a professional football player. Not just a professional football player. As a wide... Your job is to catch that big brown thing coming right at you. And it's been doing that for a few... I don't think it was a few... I think it might have been his second or third. It was, like, early in his career, but it wasn't his rookie season, if I'm not mistaken. Horrible look. This is how I feel about this. Like, what do you mean the stripes are throwing you off, fam? Are you, do you need corrective surgery? You need contact lenses at the least. Do you need to get the get on the jugs machine? What were you doing? What, I, but what were the Bengals doing this entire offseason that he was talking, that he still... Things like this frustrate because they shouldn't be. This is as simple as person... Just know... Just... just Talk to your young guy. What you know? What we need the NFL needs Herm Edwards to come back and start giving those speeches again at the symposium. Does he still do that? I don't. I'm not sure if he does, but if he does it, he definitely needs to do it again because I, I just don't understand why you would even come out and say this. I don't understand why you would come out and say this. There's nothing to benefit from this. This is to get. This doesn't help you. This hurts you. This is not good. This is bad. This is the opposite of good. Again, he's a rookie. He's got a long way to go. But on top of that, he decided to tweet out 1-0. and 
as the Bengals get prepared to take on the Minnesota Vikings this weekend. Now I'll do my picks again in a little bit, but what? What? One and what? You about to go what? You can't, you don't, you don't tweet that yet. Now, I love the bravado on a, on a fanatic type of sense, right? On the, fanatic, on the fans level, the bravado is really cool. If I'm his coach, if I'm a teammate, I'm like, bro, you, of all people, are not the guy who's supposed to be over here tweet, tweeting out stuff, uh, bulletin board material like this. So that part to me was kind of surprising because I just didn't, I like, I, I don't know what was the impetus for you to do that what made what in his mind was like yeah you know what's a really good idea right now if we just go ahead and tweet out some stuff about week one and our opponent knowing that our opponent is a a super bowl hopeful and all those type of good things i I just don't or or playoff hopeful at least let me not say super bowl minnesota that's a stretch for for the vikes um but a playoff hopeful i just oh chris boyd responded to it and said that you know a drug reference um it's it's all in just and you know Got to get it going. Got to get the juices flowing before week one of a of the newly extended eighteen week seventeen game NFL season. So I don't I don't fault either guy for saying anything, especially not Boyd. But like I just do think it's I do find it funny Jamar Chase tweeting out the one and zero like fam, calm it down, catch one and zero, okay? One catch and no drops. Is that what that means? One catch for no yards. What are we talking about? I know we're not talking about win loss. Ah ah feel like a very old man in that in that argument uh so baltimore i don't know what happened in charm city but you got to get the charm back in charm city uh there's no charm in charm city i'm gonna do this until i figure out the proper title for this episode because i this is the ravens have gone through three running backs uh on the roster brought in three more and our their entire running back room is looking different now so they start off the season uh jk dobbins gus edwards and justice hill all three have knee injuries, and I'm talking about season-ending knee injuries. They, J.K. Dobbins got his uh, preseason, well, obviously preseason, but a few weeks ago, Gus Edwards went down in practice, and then a little bit later, or Justice Hill went down to practice, I'm sorry, and then a few days, a few weeks later, a week later, something like that, uh, Gus Edwards just went down the other day. So whatever, whenever Justice Hill went down, the other day, Gus Edwards just went down. And so now, there are three backs that they started the season with, uh, coming into the, the year with, um, are now off, out for the rest of the season. They have uh, brought in Latavius Murray to a, I believe it's a one-year deal. might be a two-year deal. Uh, I got to get the contract numbers on that one. Uh, But they also have brought in Devontae Freeman and Le'Veon Bell. Bell for sure is on the practice squad, and I think Freeman is is as well. But those are three literally new running backs that you have to come and try to get in. I would imagine they keep two. Um, If anything, though, it would seem like... Now, they also have Tyson Williams, an undrafted rookie out of, I believe, BYU, who's going to get the first crack at least this weekend. Now, here's where things get messy, and this is probably more of a fantasy-relevant thing than football, but it's still football interesting because there's so many moving parts uh, with such a sudden change. And while Williams gets the first chance, if he doesn't impress, who do they go to next? Uh, Most... the, The popular opinion seems to be Latavius Murray, and... Because we've all seen Le'Veon Bell kind of struggle in in decent situation. Kansas City was a decent situation. The fact that he couldn't take advantage of that was really disappointing. Uh, because I think many people, who, even people who doubted him, thought that he could do enough there to make an improvement and make it make an impact. And he literally just didn't have it. Uh, so there's that. Devontae Freeman has also not been great uh, the past couple of years. Dealt with injuries, but I think he offers enough to where. He could be the other guy. He's a, he's still shifty enough to where he could be the other guy to one of the other two. And 
if you're getting Devontae Freeman, who's what, 5'8? Latavius Murray at 6'3? That seems like a, the, the perfect Thunder and Lightning combo. Again, I think a lot of this, though, or their relevance, their, their, how much this actually benefits them will depend on what Williams does this weekend. So we'll see. Uh, but man, it's just a rough, rough situation in Baltimore. Um, you hate to see a, a 14 that relies on his running game. It's going to look very different uh, this coming season. That being said, if you do play fantasy football and you are in need of a running back, go out get Latavius Murray. Um, and then after that, maybe you stash Devontae Freeman and Le'Veon Bell. I'm not too excited about either. Although Bell, no matter what, you're going to always just be intrigued by what Le- Le'Veon Bell can do because we know what his peak was. And if he has any ability to get back there at all, this probably would be the situation for it to happen. So um, don't ignore him. Freeman's probably the one that interests me the least, and he's probably going to wind up being the one who does the most. But I just don't have any interest in him. Um, I think Williams will get a shot, but because he was undrafted, there's a good chance that he's just a guy. Uh, Latavius Murray is probably also just a guy at this career, but he's, he's a six foot three guy, and who who actually ran pretty well last year. Didn't look great this preseason, but I think a lot of that had to do with the quarterback who was under center and the the, the questions around them. So we'll see how it affects Baltimore and, and those running lanes. He's going to look good there. Uh, so if you, if, you need, if you need a back in fantasy football, Latavius Murray is the guy to go. Get Tyson Williams for this weekend if you need to. Uh, but Latavius Murray and then Le'Veon Bell. I just don't have the Freeman love. I'm sorry. Just don't. They also lost Marcus Peters, cornerback Marcus Peters, too. Let me not you know, gloss over that. It was bad, man. That's, that's just rough. Just rough. I feel, I give you feel for a team that goes through, uh, injuries like that, in any, any form or fashion, but to lose that many guys in such a short period of time is devastating. I don't care who you are or how you slice it. So as we talked about Cam Newton, you heard him talking about his, uh, his, his release from, from New England in a, a very lengthy, very detailed interview, again, by his father, Cecil, uh, at his high school field. And it was very introspective. And and first, let's talk about, we'll listen to some of the clips first. And uh, this first part is just Cam talking about uh, the situation with he and Mac Jones. The reason why they released me is because indirectly, I was going to be a distraction. Without being a starter. Without being a starter. Yeah. And this was but not how? Come, not, Verbally or in the locker room? Just my aura. Okay. Just my aura. So there he talks about he was going to be a distraction. And that's what you heard in the tease. Let's hear a little bit more in an extended clip about what he meant by all that. The reason why they released me is because indirectly I was going to be a distraction. Without being the starter. Without being a starter. Yeah. And this was but not how come, not, verbally or in the locker just room. Just my aura. Okay. Just my aura. And and that's just and I told you this off camera. That's my gift and my curse. Yeah. When you bring a Cam Newton to your facility, when you bring a Cam Newton to your franchise, people are interested by mere fact they of are intrigued. who is he? Yeah. Why does he wear yeah. his hair? Yeah. Why does he talk? Why does he act? Why does he perform? Why yeah. does all these yeah. questions. Yeah. So let's just be, let me be honest with you. Come to me. Saying this. Yeah. If they would have asked me, would I play behind? They said, Cam, we're going to give the team to Matt. Okay. You're going to be the second string. We okay. expect you to be everything and some yeah. to guide yeah. him throughout yeah. this tenure. Okay. I would have said, absolutely. Yeah. Cam. But listen. Cam. Listen. 
the truth of the matter is this. He would have been uncomfortable. So in that first part, a few things that I noticed. This is definitely a conversation between father and son. Um, it is framed very much as an interview, as Cam getting something off of his chest, uh, as Cam talking to his fans and those who were he felt maybe about to feel bad for him for the, what happened and, and, and just wanted to clear the air, like he said, getting things off his chest. But in listening to the conversation, every answer he gave was talking to his father because his father is clearly upset. He made his uh, opinion known on social media, um, never been one to be quiet about it. So uh, that's this is a conversation between father and son. L- let that be your framework when you're hearing how he's speaking because a lot of people are saying that he hurt and, and didn't really help a chance. Now, I will say he didn't help a chance, but I don't think he necessarily hurt him because I don't know what his chances were before then. I don't think they were great anyway. They were saying... Well, he's speaking of not being able to become a come in and be a a backup because of his personality, and I think that maybe he's right there, but I don't think I don't know if that's necessarily true everywhere in New England. Yes, because as a boisterous person, if he's not starting, he's definitely drawing more attention than they than they want. Elsewhere, though, like let's be real, in Jacksonville, Cam backing up Trevor Lawrence. Urban Meyer probably welcome that. I've I've been on record saying that I think Urban Meyer, Urban Meyer has brought things around, some turmoil, some chaos to distract from Trevor Lawrence. I think that he would. Wel- I think some teams would welcome that, not because they think Cam's going to be a. Uh, uh, I don't think they think Cam is going to be a bad teammate. I think they think he would be a good teammate. But the distraction thing is real. The other part about that though is that he said Mac would be uncomfortable, and. While that might be true, while I'm sure that is how he feels about the situation because he said so, I'm not sure how I feel about that being a part of what you brought into your getting things off of your chest. You can say I didn't want to make it uncomfortable for Mac. I didn't want Mac to be uncomfortable, but to say Mac would be. Now, I get it. I know what you're saying. I get what you mean. I think I do. I think I, I get what you mean. But it again, at first blush, and he doesn't care. That's why I'm sitting here talking about it, not him. He said what he said, but it sounded as though it, because on top of all of the other stuff, referring to himself as Cam Newton, like he wasn't saying Cam Newton feeling good. He was just talking about the situation between the two, but he kept referring to Cam Newton. And whenever you sound like you're talking about yourself in the third person, you just come off as less than agreeable. Right. So that already frames things. People don't like him as it is. But like you heard him say, why does he talk? Why does he look? Why does he dress? Those are real things. So while they probably didn't like the delivery and I could have done without the Mac Jones part. Every he's right. He would have been a distraction because of who he is, because of how he carries himself. He's right. You heard his father, though, kind of record when he said he would have been okay being the backup. Pop's not having that. Pop's not happy. Let's hear the rest of the interview. He would have been uncomfortable. Would you looking over his shoulder? Uh, yeah. You you felt like that? Yeah, he would have. And they well, knew because um, because you have to understand. You are intimidating too. presence now. That is true. Yeah. And it comes by mere fact of me being me. Like, I don't, like, when you would see a practice clip of, you know, me dancing or them playing music. Man, if you put a, a hidden camera of me in my kitchen. And you play some music, I'm still gonna be bobbing my head, yeah, listening yeah, yeah. to the music in the car. Yeah, That's just how yeah. I get myself going. Well, what what kind of was intriguing to me and kind of agitating of sorts was Max shows up for work. 
you're not serious about taking your job serious. You're all into that rap music and all this cultural decline and this ain't the Patriot way and all of that. Can you address that? And then the number two largest elephant in the room, you just floored me by the fact that you would play behind Matt. Was Matt teaching you the playbook? <laughs> no. But I about to say it, sir. No. How can he Please. teach me? I love the ending there. I love, first of all, Cam's pops reminds me of a much more reserved version of LeVar Ball. You're not going to talk down about my child. And and to that point, Cam calls him on and he says that a lot of what he's, what his father is saying sounds like an agitated parent. Cam is very self-aware. He's very self-aware. That probably is the overarching takeaway that should be had in this. He knows what's happening. He's aware of people talking about him. He's aware that he looks funny to you. Like it's all there. So, like I said, his father reminds me of a of, 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 of much more reserved LeVar Ball. But I love the fact that he asked him about the Mac Jones teaching in the playbook thing. Because that came out and just started circulating without much challenge. Now, a lot of times you see somebody, people, uh, when, when rumors like that get started, the way that they deal with them is to just let them fade away. But this one is definitely has some roots and some things, some territories that I think that we should all be very uncomfortable with. And, and it's something that has followed quarterbacks like Cam. And like Levar, uh, Lamar Jackson, you have to be very cognizant of where those type of things come from and where they're, where they're, what you're basing it upon. One player saying that Mac was teaching the playbook, possibly, and I haven't heard it, but I, I believe it was Rob Ninkovich that, that the quote is being attributed to. Um, but one player saying it, one former player saying it, does not make it gospel. And the way that it's just been left to be in the ether to me was really disconcerting. And so I'm glad. I love the fact that his father said, okay, let's talk about it. Did Mac teach you the playbook? And Cam almost wanted to be like, man, get out of here with that BS because that's BS. And you know it's BS because we've seen Cam run the playbook. We've seen him run the play. Like, what are you talking about? What are you- Did you see him telling him the playbook? Like, how do we know that he wasn't asking him to recite a play to him to, to test the young man's knowledge? Like, I just didn't like it. It was not a, it was not a good comment. And it was just, like I said, there was not enough pushback for my liking. But that's just for me. Again, Cam's my favorite player, so I'm going to always have that uh, little bit of defensiveness in me. But at the same time, I just don't, I don't see how you can, you can let that float. And not think that it's a little bit odd. Because, again, Cam, I, the one thing I've never liked is that people act like Cam, just like they do with Lamar, didn't kill it in the air, too. Like, he didn't lead his team where he led them to. That pisses me off. Because they're, they want to dismiss him. You can talk about him being on decline, but don't act like he didn't do what he did. You cannot act like you don't, you cannot like how he comports himself, but don't act like he didn't do what he did on the field. Again, that comes with the bad, too, because they're quick to acknowledge the bad, but that, then the, the good just never counts. I just, I've, I've never been a fan of that. And again, this is probably just some fandom, you know, going off on a tangent here, but I just, I haven't liked it. Never. So, before we get out of here, I promise you some picks, because this is going to be all NFL, because we've opened the week. Um, we'll get back to NBA stuff in next week in next week's episode. But this one, we're talking about NFL stuff all the time, so let's wrap it up with some picks. Rapid fire, rapid fire picks. Uh, Steelers at Bills. Game kicks off at noon. Listen, man, I'm not even going to hold you. If the Bills look like they looked against my Bears <laughs> in preseason week two, Pittsburgh ain't got a chance. I love Pittsburgh's defense. Uh, they, they just re-signed T.J. Watt. 
highest paid defender in the NFL, had them break their their rule. Um, Josh Allen and them boys, though. I like Josh Allen. Like I, I think I told you guys, I, I root for anybody named Josh. That's just how we get down. Um, but Stephon Diggs is also my boy. And then Emmanuel Sanders is a guy that I like too. So like they just got a lot of stuff going on there in Buffalo that I like. Um, Pittsburgh has questions that they have to answer. Now they are a team that has started hot. So I would not be surprised to see them get a W, uh, but I just don't expect it. The Jets at the Panthers, the Sam Darnold revenge game. He made them come to him so he can get his revenge. So I, if he loses this game, then it, he deserves to uh, just be shamed and ridiculed. Letter A and all that kind of stuff. The Jets, Zach Wilson's first professional start that counts. Um, good luck. Good luck. Because while Carolina's not a great team, they're a team that's got their foundation in place. They're a team that didn't lose their top two, their top pass rusher, big free agent acquisition this offseason, and had to go and get another guy. Um, and they're a team that with much more weapons for their quarterback that you discarded. If they come out there, and I please believe it, uh, Matt, Matt Rule will definitely have a game plan out there to make Sam Darnold look like Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. Please believe, please believe that. I'm taking the Panthers because the Jets don't got enough pieces yet. Jaguars at Texans. Tyrod Taylor taking over for the uh, inactive. Deshaun Watson has been made official. He would not be active for that game. That game, I think, will be the Texans game. It would be Jaguars. The Texans suck. I Flat out, there's nothing there. There's nothing good there. Okay? Jaguars suck too, but they got good stuff. So, there. Simple as that. Cardinals at Titans. Titans are going to run all over the Cardinals. That defense is going to be, be better. They're not good yet. And the offense is just not sustainable to me when you have something tough like the Titans that will keep you off the field and not let you get enough rhythm uh, when you need it. Now, I could be wrong because the, the Cardinals can pass it and the Titans secondary is still suspect. But I think Derrick Henry and those boys will be able to control the ball enough to make it not matter. Chargers at Washington. Football team. Defense. At home. Fitz Magic Beard. Um, early season charges, I think there's going to be a little bit sluggish making that trip over to the East coast is really 10 o'clock their time. Yeah. Give me the, 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 I'm sorry. No. Yeah, that's right. Give me the football team at home. Falcons, Eagles. I'm going to take the Eagles. Jalen Hurts, get his first start. Devontae Smith is going to eat up that secondary and the Falcons are going to try. They're going to look really good, but they're going to Falcon their way uh, to an O and one start. Vikings at Bengals. I already told you, I don't believe that's going to happen for the Bengals. That's going to be the Vikings. Dalvin Cook's going to rush all over those boys. Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, going to be big days for all Vikings, big name offensive players. So, uh, yeah. Then you got Niners at the Lions. Come on, fam. San Francisco. We're not even going to talk about it. Good luck, Jared Goff. Nick Bolts is back and probably pissed. Uh, Seahawks at Colts. Give me the Colts. Carson Wentz is going to make a start. Uh, Russell Wilson and Seahawks are probably going to come out strong, but I don't have any faith in them going anywhere deep. So I'm just going to not pick against, not pick them this year. Just, you know, do the opposite of what I usually do. Patriots at Dolphins. Matt Jones' first start. We just talked about Cam Newton. I still say that the Dolphins have their number, though, so good luck with that. Um, the Patriots are revamped, whatever. Cam Newton's interview talked about that, too. Check it out. Really good. I'm going to link to it in the, in the description. Browns at Chiefs. Uh, Tyron Matthews. Safety, Tyron Matthews' uh, health is, his availability is in question. He's still in the health and safety protocols for the Chiefs. Browns are going to be rolling. I think OBJ is going to play. Let's get funky. Let's choose the Browns in a close one. Choose the Browns. Just be funky. I'm not going to pick a score. Just be funky. Uh, Packers at Saints. Packers. I like Jameis, uh, but no Mike Thomas. We don't know what the offense is going to look like really with Jameis under center. So I'm going to take the Packers who are going to be looking to prove that they are still ready to roll um, for this last dance because they can't be original. Whatever. Bear down. Um, Broncos at Giants. The Broncos have the better team, 
but the Giants have some symbols of a quarterback. I like Teddy Bridgewater, but I think that Daniel at this point, Daniel Jones is better. I don't know. The Broncos have the weapons, though, and the defense if Bradley Chubb plays. Well, I'm not sure. I think that we have an update on that. I haven't checked uh, on that one. Um, but, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, I, I'm, picking, I'm picking the Giants at home because that defense is serious, too. So they're not, they're not hurting on that side of the ball, and I think Jones will be able to do enough to make it matter. Uh, Bears at Rams. <sighs> Rams, sadly, uh, Engdahl will not be able to do enough against that, that Rams defense for the Bears to get a W. Um, so the Rams will walk away 1-0. Bears will be answering questions about why Justin Fields will not be starting in week two. I guarantee you that. Ravens at Raiders on Monday night football. Last game right here. Um, give me the Ravens. I don't care who's back there. You still got Lamar Jackson who can do a little bit of everything. Um, and that defense is still serious. I know they're going to be without Mark, Marcus Peters, but the Raiders just don't scare me. And I'm pretty sure they don't scare anybody else. So that being said, it's going to be it for them. I don't see that happening. Don't see them coming out with a win on Monday night. Baltimore gets one despite having a, a sixth-string running back in, in there as a starter. And, uh, yeah, they'll be one to know. And that's my week one picks. I uh, hope you enjoyed This is going to do it for this episode of Triple Zeros. Be sure to tune in next time. Uh, and follow me on Twitter at Joshie Buck, Facebook page, Clocker Sports. Uh, email address, clockersports at gmail.com. And, of course, follow the show at 30spod. That's number three, zeros and pod on Facebook and Twitter. And, of course, read the stuff. Last word of pro football. Pimpin' ain't easy. Uh, clockersports.com and of course soaring down south until the very next time you already know what it is Just my aura. Okay. Just my aura.